Welcome to another week on Let's Get Real with Coach Menachem Show, Sunday Nights. Originally a Zoom interactive platform where we discuss real life scenarios with real live people. Hi everybody, welcome to Coach Benachem Bernfeld on the Sunday night. Uh, we missed you last week, it was a busy week, we'll get into that soon. Um, again, tonight is sheer 153 that we're doing with this program, and uh, this platform is growing by leaps and bounds, and uh, we have a tremendous amount of people that listen every week, listen afterwards on, on all the different platforms, and they tell their friends and families about it, they post it. And uh, we have an amazing lineup of speakers coming up. So uh, please keep us in mind. And as we say, this, this is a place to talk through a lot of different topics that, that we deal with, that Israel deals with. And uh, we're here. We're here to talk about a very powerful topic tonight. Again, if anybody wants to join and get uh, the flyers every week, you can WhatsApp me personally at 848-525-0066 and save my number on your phone. And every Sunday, I'll send you the flyers. You can go to menachembarrenful.com. Go to his website and sign up for the weekly emails and he sends out the replays and all important coach Menachem information that goes out every week. All the people, all the people that are watching the replay of this on YouTube, you can click on the subscribe button. So Menachem uploads every week the videos. You can get uh, notified and um, you can also click on the like button. So we get a lot of likes. So me and Menachem become rich, the rich YouTubers and uh, retire of this and um we really appreciate everybody who comes every week, and uh, it's a tremendous physic for us as well. I want to give first a thank you to all the advertising sponsors that promote us every week, the Lakewood Scoop here in Lakewood, that promotes us, Ellie and Ariel from Five Town Central, and Kyle Kaufman from JCN, who promotes us on all Jewish digital platforms. We really appreciate it. Again, if anybody's here the first time, I don't know where you've been the last four years, but uh, welcome. Um, every Sunday night at 9.30, we do this year on many different topics. I think we covered almost almost all of them. We still have a few 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 on reserve. But uh, next week, August 20th, we're going to have an amazing deep share with, once again with world-famous Ramanus Friedman coming to discuss about keeping a relationship strong with our, our adult children, which is a big topic in itself. Um, we're going to really get very deep with her, Ramanus, so please join us and let everybody know about it. Tonight, we have the schuss and the honor of having world-famous Rabbi uh, Avram Platkin from Ontario, Canada. Um, he has the stories, and he wrote a book, and he's uh, definitely, I'm going to say, from the Mumchayim and the bereavement and the afterlife world. He wrote a book, Seven Conversations with Jerry, which I'm sure will explain about what the book means. I'm sure we'll get into it, and hopefully we'll have a tremendous chizik together and get some clarity on this uh, very important topic. Tonight's share is 153. I'm going to hand it over to our CEO, CFO, manager, producer, Harav Agarin Atzadik Rav Oyen to tell us what 153 has to do with tonight's topic. So before I say my weekly gematria, I have to share with the Let's Get Real family some good news and unfortunately some bad news. So first for the good news, we would like to wish a heart to our Choshev moderator, Urshi Parnas, upon the chasna of his daughter, Zivik should be early And unfortunately, for the bad news, Achoshev moderator, Oshi's father, Harav, Harav Moshim Yaman, Ben Harav David Shmuel, was nifta about a week and a half ago. So we'd like to wish a Bichas Tachumen 
Mitchum tonight we'll hear a little bit more tardy, but in the secular world and what we feel that the denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, many people um, deny what's going on. And uh, they can deny even positive emotions also, which is interesting because the emotional, the emotional world for many is not something you talk about, but the, until it hits and then you're not sure why you feel the way you feel. So some people have denial and they say they're fine, everything is good. They do what they need to do, but they don't want to talk about it. And then they wonder why, you know, out of the blue, they start feeling emotions and it could be anger. They start feeling emotions. So that's the A of anger. And then bargaining, they start trying to do things, especially us religious people start davening, saying, Tillam, maybe I can still change the situation. You know, Hashem, I'll do this, you do this. You know, I'll do this and uh, you send the refugee with this person. We start bargaining, see what you can do, what I could do. Take the break. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes uh, it doesn't work and we can fall into depression. And after that is acceptance. You know, many people want to run to the last one right away. To acceptance right away when it happens, it's taka hard. But they just say, okay, listen, if this is what Hashem wants, it's bashert, everything is latoiv, and they accept. But if you do it too fast, it could be part of denial because it's too hard to experience those emotions in between. But the only way how to get to acceptance to a place where you can be, even though it's not, you know, the negative, even though you have all those emotions, is only if you let yourself feel. And that's a topic for itself, those emotions. And then there's the sixth, you know, there used to be five, but the sixth stage of grief, which they call finding meaning, which I think tonight we'll talk a little bit more about how to connect. What, what do I have? What does the neshama have? What do I have? What could I do? What connection do we have? What meaning can I put to it? And it could help with our emotions, no matter what we feel. So in Metashem, again, it's not an easy topic. And um, especially when it comes to Neshama, it comes to Olam Haba, things that some people know, some people don't. And when you start talking about it, it's not something we're comfortable talking about. So when it happens and we have to talk about it, it's, it, there's a time and a place for it. So here we are. I think we're going to be discussing, going a little bit deeper. And I want to thank you, Rabbi Platkin, for being with us tonight, giving us some of your time and uh, helping to understand what it is, how to connect and how to take it in, the, with a, in a meaningful way so we know how to deal with it. Shkoyach. Shkoyach, beautiful opening. So... Um... Tonight we're going to do the share. Of course, the initial my father was just nifter. Uh, Somebody just texted me that if their uh, husband's yardside, Hershbecker, the deuce of the Rebbe's Menorah in 770 was made in 1982. So those was for them also. And uh, all the hundreds of people that are here tonight, the thousands and thousands of people that listen to it afterwards should be for the Neshamas. Again, the topic tonight is life after loss, understanding bereavement and afterlife beliefs, how to reconnect in a meaningful way to the deceased loved one. 
I'm going to read Rabbi Plotkin's bio, and then we're going to give him the floor. Rabbi Ron Plotkin, after graduating the Brindle College in New York and London, Rabbi Plotkin set, was sent together with his wife, Goldie, as, as an, an emissaries of Lubavitcher Shluchim, to Markham, Ontario, a suburb of Toronto, developed the, the, the flooding, fast-growing Jewish community there. He is today the spiritual leader of a very dynamic Chabad synagogue in the Jewish center there. Rabbi Plotkin is a long-standing member of the Rabbinical Council of Toronto and a member of the Toronto based in and court. Replotkin teaches a broad range of topics of Jewish interest, and his classes on Kabbalah and marriage have been received by sellout audiences around the world. And he wrote a book, Seven Camp Conversations with Jerry, a book about the human soul, bereavement, and afterlife. It's to have Rabbi Rom Plotkin here tonight with us. Rabbi Rom, the floor is yours. Open it up. It's a great honor to be here, and... Uh... I want to wish on behalf of everybody here, on behalf of myself, Rasha, of Simchas, and the Yisham of your father, having Aliyah. And uh, hopefully, whatever we speak over here can be of some, of some help to you, um, of some help that uh, you know you'll be able to take uh, some some comfort, a little bit of comfort in in, in uh, you know. You had the, 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 the Dima and the Rina all together. The, the tears of joy and the tears of sadness. You know, it's, it's one, one big story of life. Um, every part of life is important. And we, uh, as, uh, as Yidin, we, uh, we try to integrate all these opposite, uh, conflicting feelings that we have. So I, I'm, I, as you heard just recently, I'm a rabbi, and I've been uh, for, th for over 30, 36 years already. I've been visiting people at shiva houses. And as a rabbi, you know, the job of a rabbi is, they used to say, hatching, matching, and dispatching. So uh, we spend a lot of time on dispatching, unfortunately. And I go to many shiva houses, and over the years I found that when you want to go to someone and give them some, something to, to help them out, most of the books that are out there are all about, uh, about halacha, when to stand, when to sit, you know, how much, how much, uh, how much you have to cut your baggage and, and how much you have to, uh, you know, what, what's, what's, what's the, 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 the mekilim and the machmirim, and you, you, you listen to all the different halachas. And uh, I found, you know, my, the crowd that I deal with is mostly a secular crowd. So uh, the halacha books, I, I try to find something simple for them. Uh, but uh, then there are other books on bereavement, uh, general books on bereavement that's out there in the secular world. Some of them are very good, but but I found that what's what was really lacking is 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 the comfort that comes from us. Hamokim inachem eschem, what we say in in the shiva house. Hamokim inachem eschem. That that Hashem comforts us. The greatest comfort we can find is in the Torah, is in is in is in, is in, Hasidus, is in Kabbalah. These are the areas that really we can find the greatest comfort. And that's why I thought it was it was absolutely imperative to write a book that, that can give people comfort, Torah comfort to them. And that's why I wrote this book. It's, it doesn't sound like a major Torah book. It's called Seven Conversations of Je with Jerry. My my family calls me now Jerry. Uh, Jerry is a fictitious human being whom uh, a rabbi comes and visits him and uh, Jerry has a hard time with his father, a lot of guilt 
he ended off the life with his father with a big argument and he needed some, some comfort. So the rabbi comes to his house and has seven conversations with him on different yonim. Each, each conversation is a whole, a whole different part of Torah that, that the rabbi has with him. And uh, he, he tries to bring him a little bit closer. I can tell you the end of the end of the book is that uh, that the uh, fellow builds a build for the rabbi Ashul and and he becomes his main his main balabas in, in 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 the community. I'm giving, giving away the end of the book, but uh, that's 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 the story. But a very interesting thing happened when I finished writing the book. I had already the document. I had the the entire uh, manuscript ready, and I'm about to give it to the printer. And just then and there. Almost like something will happen to you, Ashi. It just Ashgacha Pratis and these things are, are are beyond. I was in shul in the morning, and a policeman came in. An African American policeman came in, and he says he needs to speak to the rabbi. So I thought he was going to tell me I have to come. Somebody, somebody got hurt in my community. He says, "Is your name Rabbi Plotkin?" He asked me, "Do you have a son, Baruch Shnei Zalman?" I said, "Yeah." I was afraid. I have a special, a, sp a special, very special son I had. His name was Baruch Shnei Zalman Platkin. We called him Zalmi. He was a beloved kid. He was a special needs child. He had Down syndrome. We call it Up syndrome. And um, so I thought he might have hurt someone or something. So he says, I have to tell you the news. He says, your son just passed away. In the middle of Ayyavarach David, and the policeman is telling me that my son passed away. So you know, when you lose a when you lose a child, it's a, no one should know from it. Losing anybody in the family, it's 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 totally challenging, it's totally difficult. But I was totally blown away because you know, when you raise a child, he was fifteen years old then. You raise a child, any child is is a great tragedy, but a special needs child, I don't know, as a father, I I, I connected to him differently than I connected to all my other children. I'm very close to all my kids, but this child brings out a, a special needs child takes, brings out like Mamish Yonashama, brings out the deepest parts of your, of your soul. And uh, I got so attached to this, this kid. And, and he was like, when, you know, he, he was, he had special needs as they call it that. Today they call it neurodiverse. So he was neurodiverse, but I, I got so close to him, and uh, he showed pictures of him hugging me, and, and like well, more than even more. I, Baruch Hashem, I have seven other children, all all most of them are married already, and the greatest kids on earth. But a, a special connection. So when I heard this, I my whole life flashed in front of me in one moment, and there I am walking with my kids, hand in hand. At the, at the funeral at the Leviah, we're walking as a kids are holding me up, and scream, Zalmi, Zalmi. Then I came back to sit Shiva. As I'm sitting Shiva, going through my through my uh, my things on my desk, you know, people are coming in, but a few spare minutes, I open up the, I see my manuscript. I start reading it. And now I was I wasn't the author, but I was I was the uh, the client. I was the I was the customer. I was reading my own book that wasn't yet printed, 
And then I was going to see whether this book means something to me, and I found it. It was it was a great great uh, source of comfort to me, and um, so this this is this is the story of my book, and this is how I got very much involved in this. So I, I wrote a book on 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 bereavement, about the neshama, about the world to come, and like I said, we have amazing tools in in Yiddishkeit, in Torah, and I find that even people who who we're very, very knowledgeable in halacha. But when it comes to these kind of situations, they don't know how to take all that information that they have and to apply it in real life. I guess this program is called Get Real. So this is what it is. It's about getting real. It's about taking all these ideas, the ideas of Elam Haba, of an Ashama, of, 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 of life after, after death, of Tchis HaMesim. Everybody says every day, every day we're saying that. But what does it really mean? What is, you know, many people are comfortable with Chiyas HaMesim. They think it means that when all hope is lost, Hashem brings back Saimech Neiflim Vereifechelim. But they don't realize it actually is these, these, these brachas are there to give us comfort in a challenging time. I'm just going to tell you one story before we get onto the, uh, onto the program. But one of the things that, that, that gave me comfort Personally, it gave me comfort after I lost my Zalmi, my precious son. One of the things that I believe that everyone can is, is in life to try to see to see how Hashem works. You know, sometimes you don't see it right away. You might see it like 15 years later. You might see when Zalmi was born, you know when he was when he when he when when he when he was placed in my wife's lap, the doctor said the doctor ran out, the nurses ran out. They just told me trisomy twenty one. That means Down syndrome for those who don't know. Trisomy twenty one, and they everybody ran out from the from the room. It's not much like it's a, a terrible thing that, that, that this goes on in hospitals. But they all ran out. They themselves didn't know what to say or what to do. And uh, me and my wife. Goldies, we said, we don't care what the doctors or the nurses or whatever they all think we're going to make from this child is going to be, it's not going to be a trisomy 21, it's not going to be a case. It's going to, it's going to defy all odds. We sent him to Hask and to all the camps. And he was an amazing kid. The people that knew me used to come to our shul and he'd light up the shul when he would walk inside. He'd sit down next to me. People told me that the way they saw me interact with my son was much more powerful than anything I ever said from the pulpit. You know? So many times I started speaking my drasha, my son started to act up at the corner there, but I didn't lose my, my cool with him. Right? And that was that to them was, anyways, my, my, my main story I want to tell you is an amazing story. So when Zalmi was around, it's about 10 years ago. As he's passed away five years ago, so my baby was seven, eight years old, and my my daughter had a sheva brachas, and so one of the one of the points that I, I believe that can help everybody out when losing a loved one is when we see we see the hashgacha pratis, we see Hashem working His ways through us, and um, creating a narrative in our own lives, and seeing 
Hashem working through our lives. So my wife tells me, my daughter has a Shevon Baruchas. Go, go, go pick up our, our son. Our son Zalmi. We were Zalmi. So I thought probably there was a certain, he, he was a very physically active kid. So he used to like to go to gymnasiums or monkey bars, wherever they were. Now, there was a monkey bar that was like a gymnasium, uh, a, a uh, uh, like this, this play area. There was about, was about five minute drive from our house, 10 minute drive. And my son spotted it once. He says, I want to go there. But I had a bit of a problem. I couldn't go there because it, it was in a, in a building that said on, on top of the building, it said Burger King. So, you know, Burger King, for those who don't know, it's not a kosher restaurant. So, but a, a special needs child says they want to go there. So what did I do? So I had an, a help in the house, domestic help. I had a nanny that used to be in the house. I used to take her there with him. And they would, they would go in. And then when she was finished, I would come back, bring my cell phone, call her. She would come out and I wouldn't walk in. You know? So one, this time my wife says to go there. I go there. And I arrive at this this uh, this uh, Burger King, and I, I realize I left my my cell phone home, and and the mechutanim are waiting. You know, when the mechutanim wait, you have to you, you can you gotta do everything you can. So I I, I go to the, the thing. I put my face in the window to see if I could find my son inside the inside this Burger King, and I look inside. The people probably thought a crazy rabbi walking around and looking through the windows. Finally, I realized there's no hope. So I, I say, I say, I'm going to say Shema Yisrael. I'm going to run inside, and I hope nobody will catch me. Okay. So, so I, I close my eyes. I say Shema Yisrael. I run inside, and as I run in, suddenly here somebody shouts out, "Rabbi Plotkin, what are you doing here?" I say, well, I was caught red-handed. So I give a look there. I see there's a girl. Her name is Nikki. I said, Nikki, what are you doing here? Now, Nikki was a girl her mother became from. She used to come to Ashul many, many years ago. Unfortunately, she intermarried. She married a non-Jewish guy from Greek descent. And she had a few children. And I hadn't seen her in already like 10, 11 years. And she says, Rabbi, you won't believe what just happened. She says, I'm sitting here in Burger King, and I know it's wrong. But you know, I went off the tracks. And she says, but I'm sitting here and I'm saying, I'm speaking to her mother. Her mother just died, passed away a year earlier. So she felt like she could talk to her mother. Maybe we'll talk about that later a little bit. She was talking to her mother, talks to her mother. And she says, Mama, in Himmel, she says, I think Hashem forgot about me. I think, you know, he's not thinking about me anymore. I'm here sitting in the Burger King. I'm eating cheeseburgers. And she says, if Hashem is still thinking about me, let him show me a sign. As she's saying that, she says, I see you walking in. She says, what biggest sign is that the rabbi coming inside a Burger King? I said, Nikki, I said, Pesach is in two weeks. What are you doing for the Seder? She says, uh, nothing. I don't go to Seders anymore. She says, I said, look, you have a sign from heaven here. You have a sign here. I walked in over here to try to find my son. Come to the Seder. So she came to our Seder. And to make a long story short, after she came to the Seder, I did a bar mitzvah for her son next year. And I sent him to a Jewish camp. And the Catskills. 
and uh, he uh, he went to yeshiva the following year, and uh, he, he he called me up actually from the camp that summer around this time of the year, and he called me up, and he says he wants to have a bris. He wants me to be the sandik. So to my wife, we went down to the Catskills. We did a bris on this kid. Then he went to yeshiva the next year. And now all four sons are all in yeshiva. They're all, he wants to be a rabbi, the oldest son. He, he came back from Eretz Yisrael. So the entire, our entire family was all changed, all because of what? Because of my, my, my son schlepping me into a place I, I never should have been. But this is the narrative. The narrative is that you never know what my son came down to this world. Maybe he was here 15 years, but now an entire family was changed. It's, it's something that maybe I don't even have in my life. So many people that I could say I changed entire lives. And this is this is this is the, the, the story of Azami. And, and um, by the way, my son never ever asked to go back to that place again after that story. It was never, <laughs> that was the last time he asked me to go there. So go, go figure. But the, the point I'm making over here is that we, 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 we have a life and the many tragedies that happen. Sometimes Hashem gives us a little bit of a, of a picture. You have a, a special needs child passes away. Sometimes Hashem shows you of things that you're, you, that, that in, 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 in those short years in this world, sometimes someone could do more than somebody else in a in, in hundred years. It's just a little point I want to share with you all and uh, give you back to the, to the, give you back the floor and you can uh, take it from there. Okay. Wow. Rev. Lachim. Powerful stuff. Okay. Let's jump into it. We're going to first take a poll from the island. And then we're going to jump into questions again. We have Robert Plotkin here, and we have supposed to have him here. And, and tonight, anybody has any question and any topic, and you know that we're talking about, feel free to ask. Nothing to be embarrassed about. We're here together to do it. So let's start the poll. Here we go. Okay, Menachem, you see the poll? Okay, it's the three-question poll. It's a personal poll. Answer it to the best of your ability. First question. Which of the following activities do you believe helps in maintaining a connection with the deceased loved one? Four options. Regularly reciting davening or tehillim, engaging in acts of kindness and char charity in their memory, stuttering Torah or learning sessions, you know, mishnayas for the neshama, or do you think thinking about them regularly, that's the way maintaining the connection with the deceased loved one? Second question. How important is it for you to gain clear, un, clear understanding of Olam Haba and its implications on, recon, on reconnecting with the part of one? How much do you need to understand about the next world and Olam Haba to really connect to the person that died? Like, does it make a difference? So is either four choices, extremely important. Do you need to understand, do you really want to understand what's going on? Um, moderate, moderately important, somewhat important, or it's really not important at all. What does it have to do with the person that died? Third question is a very personal question. In your personal experience, which aspect of losing a loved one has the greatest challenge for you? A, emotionally processing the loss and the grief. Option two, integrating the concept of Olam Haba in the grieving process, like understanding where they're going. Is that something that's just hard for you? C, overcoming feelings of guilt and unresolved issues, like things that you never worked out with this person or things that you wish you did differently. 
or number four, finding meaningful ways to honor their memory. So those are the four options. These are tough questions. Answer them again to the best of your ability. And we're going to give you a few seconds and then Rabbi Platform, we're going to share it. Hmm? Okay, five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, let's share the results, okay? Okay, Robert Plotkin, the first question, which of the following activities do you believe helps maintaining a connection with deceased loved one? 40% say saying davening or tillum. 45% of people feel that doing acts of chesed, kindness, and charity in the memory is the main way to maintain the connection. 10% say studying Torah or learning sessions. And 31% of people thinking about them regularly. So it's basically tzedakah and chesed, and then a lot of people just thinking about them. Any comment on the first, Paul? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, quite, a, quite a lot of people, I think, are saying that uh, just thinking about them regularly. I mean that, uh, um, but uh, the, the top the top one I see is uh, engaging in acts of kindness and charity, which is which is probably the uh, most powerful uh, um, most powerful uh, response over there. People are probably thinking of a connection. You know, connecting is by thinking about them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were just we were talking about that before about uh, about uh, if, if uh, the question is if, if if when you do these all these things does the person does the neshama think about you back? I don't know. Is there is there a that's something to discuss? Huh? I think that's something we should discuss. Maybe yeah. soon. Yeah. All right, let's go to the second question. Yeah. yeah. How important is it for you to gain gain clear understanding of Elamhaban and potential with, with the person that, that you lost? <laughs> it seems like 53% of the people feel it's extremely important. So that's why I think it's we need to really get into it, Rabbi Plotkin. They really want yeah. to understand Elamhaba and how it connects with the person that left. 70% of the people say moderately important, moderately. 20% somewhat, and only 10% say not important. So it seems like most people here definitely really want to understand the whole what happens with the neshama and all that stuff and the third question in your personal experience what aspect of losing a loved one has the greatest challenge for you and it seems by far everybody says just emotionally processing the loss and grief 55 percent 10 percent integrating the concept of ilmhaba in the grieving 16 percent overcoming feelings of guilt and unresolved issues and 19 percent finding meaningful ways to honor their memory okay mm -hmm. so those are the polls and uh, let's get into some of the questions again if anybody has any questions Please text Usher Parnas over here, and the live questions go first. Again, everything's on the table tonight with Rabbi Blatkin, so uh, let's put it out there. Okay, I'm going to start with the first question. Okay, Rabbi Blatkin, for a frimid, right, the meaningful way to reconnect with somebody that you lost, considering life after loss and Oilam Haba, I understand the concept involves the neshama moving to Oilam Haba, but that's basically, let's, let's, let's really tackle this question. That's, that's the poll question. But I lack clear understanding and feeling apprehensive about these ideas. Is there a way to gain a more comprehensive understanding of Ilam Haba, allowing me to feel at ease with 
my knowledge that my departed one is in a positive place. Let's let's discuss the whole afterlife soul, the way the way the way the Torah says of Kabbalah. Explain it to us. Well, you know, for the first thing we need to understand is that that you know that the neshama really is is indestructible, um, and it continues to live on in the hereafter. I mean, what would we come in contact with in this life is just the body, um, but uh, there's another total part of us that uh, continues to live on, and it's indestructible because we say like a piece of Hashem, and each and every one of us has a little piece of Hashem infused into us. That's what Hashem is. Uh, blows into our breath, a breath of life. It's a piece of Hashem. That's that's who we are. So that, so just like Hashem is indestructible, so too our neshamas live on. So that's a very important thing that people should understand. That a lot of people think that the, the, the neshama just goes and gets sucked up into into the universe. Um, but what's it's important to know that. Neshama continues to live on it. It it it, it continues, uh, you know, uh, uh, in in a place which is which is which is uh, beyond us. But that c- continues to live on. But so, what also is important, very very important, is that the neshama doesn't forget its relationships with with those that that it had a connection with in this world. And we know that children can help parents in their in their uh, journey. The Shemayim, and it's very very important. Like you everyone understands the mitzvahs we do for them. But uh, the neshama has a, a a personality. It's not just a, a a a spiritual thing, but the person that we know down here on earth. That person continues. There's a, there's a consciousness. There is a a um, um, a uh, has emotions. The shama outside of the physical body. Many many think that the, the, the whole whole human experience is only through the body. No, there's a there's an shama that continues to live on and 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 to to, to be in a place in Oilam Haba and it continues to live on and and that neshama has ha, continues to exist and we can connect and reconnect to that. Because it's there, it thinks about us. It, it, it continues to watch over us. It cheers us on. It, it, it hasn't. We can give it nachas. It, it, it has satisfaction from the things we do down here, and uh, so it, it it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop to to exist. And, and that's that's what what the first thing that we need to know, just from our perspective, is that the neshama continues to live on, live on in, in 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 another space. Somebody <laughs> saying something? No, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, you know, one one of the things that we say to uh, to uh, the Shiva house, we say That's the the main comfort that we give. We don't say any anything in Shiva. Besides that, that's the only thing we say. You know what? What what is that really? What is that really giving the 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 mourner the person that's sitting shiva? Right? How are we comforting them? That we're telling them that you should know that 
we are also mourners. Not only are you suffering, but we're all, everybody here in the room is also suffering too. We're all, we're all crying for Yerushalayim. So you're crying, we're crying too. It seems a little bit insensitive to say something like that. Because it's like you go to somebody, they're, 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 their parent passed away from from cancer. And, and, and you say, oh, my cousin also had the same thing. Or my brother also had the same thing. It almost seems like, like wrong. And why, want, why burden them with other tzaddas when you're coming to comfort them, to tell them, tell them, oh, you should know. Yerushalayim is destroyed and, and all the Yidin are crying for Yerushalayim every day. At a wedding, maybe it's something you want to, you want to remind people. They shouldn't get carried away with the joy. They should go balance them out. But why, why make them more, more sad? So I once, I once saw, saw a letter from the from Lubavitcher Rebbe to, to, uh, to uh, Arik Sharon, famous uh, general in Israel. So he lost a child. Gur, Gur Sharon, a kid around the bar mitzvah age, he lost the child, and he wrote a letter to the Rebbe. So the Rebbe wrote him this question, he wrote him, and he said that the reason why we're telling the, the, the Oval about seeing Yerushalayim, it's not because we're trying to, to, to burden them more. We want to tell them that the same way that seeing Yerushalayim, the, the Romans and the Babylonians, they destroyed only the goof, only the body of the of the uh, of the of the, uh, of the city of the of the base of English, but the but the neshama continued to live on. So that's that's the the comfort. The comfort is that just like the base of English, the neshama continues. Yiddishkeit continued to live on, even though the the, the body of 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 of, of Yiddishkeit was destroyed. The base of English was destroyed, but the the, the neshama of of the of the base of English continued. So that's that's the comfort. The comfort is that just like we all know. But see, Yerushalayim, it lives on. So that is a, a major comfort to know that the neshama is, is, is somewhere and continues to live on. When you tell somebody that, that it's, it's there, a parent, uh, a loved one, whoever it might be, a car, they continue to live on just like they were living before. That's important for, for, for that's, that's a great comfort. And the second point is that just like we believe the Beis Hamikdash is going to come back, and we're going to be reunited again, and the Beis Hamikdash will be rebuilt. We also believe that eventually we will once again be together with them in Tchias Hamesim. We'll be together the uh, Gashmis. So those are two very important comfort points. See in that that even that even though the the goof is is not there, but if you know that there's somewhere where there is a a, a, a neshama continues, and what's important is. That the neshama has its relationships with you. It's, it's not. It's not sucked up in some in some uh, outer space. It it it's thinking about us. It's 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 close to us, and it continues to be daven for the neshama, and the neshama davens for us. You know, that's that's and, and that relationship continues to live on. It's extremely important, and, and I think that's one of the most important points in, 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 in bereavement, is you, can, you have what to hold on to. Okay, the Rabbi Pach, let's go to a live question. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, you're on. Hello? Hi, thank you. 
Um, okay, so I lost my father suddenly a few months ago. Um, and I found that like after, during Shiva, after the Shiva, during Shloshim, you know, during the, the first couple of months afterwards, um, that was the most like intense part of the grief. And I just wanted to do everything like that was just on my mind the whole time. But then as like, I went through the different phases of grief, like sometimes it's very hard to take on anything else and to be like consistent about growing in Ruchnius and, and trying to do things. So how do we deal with the fact that it's the most important time to do things for the Neshama, like during the year, but that at the same time, during some of the times, during some of the phases, it's so much harder to do anything extra in that time. It's like, you feel almost like this, like pressure at the times when you're not feeling like you can do more, you're feeling like this pressure, but wait, it's during the year. Like I, I want to do something now. So how do we, how do we deal with those like conflicting thoughts? Uh, I definitely think that you shouldn't pressure yourself too much. It's not a healthy thing. A lot of people get get, get all, uh, you know, the the, 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 the year they, they get they go they go crazy and, and they start doing things that, that that they're not up to at all. I mean, you should, you should try to do a little bit more, and everything you do should that you do already should be should be So make your make your father part of everything that you do. Already in life, whenever you, whenever you, whenever you, you bench licht, you have you have in mind. Whatever you, whenever you 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 you're learning some Torah, have in mind. You, you don't necessarily need to 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 go and 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 you know, uh, as they say, freak yourself out with this. It's it, 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 could, it could people could cope. You know what I mean? You have to you have to be you have to be an, you have to be a balanced person, and you have to be a healthy person. And uh, you have to, you have to, but but there are certain things that you you can do, which are uh, especially things that you know that that uh, that your father was was involved with. That that is a very good time to to uh, try to get yourself involved in those in those particular areas, and that way you can make a, a tremendous connection. You know, if he was Balchesed. Try to continue the chesed. Uh, there are many, many things that you can do, which, which, which sort of continue his, his legacy. That's brought down. That a child can can give great merit to a parent because it's like dividends. So if you continue in the way that he inspired you, then that then that's a great, uh, great merit for him. I think some people. people some people okay. they, they only feel they're doing something when they do a lot. Right. When they do a little, they don't feel they're really giving their father. They're not really doing. They don't because it's not something you see. It's it's not like you know I I dive in today so I see how it helps that I'm giving them. But when they do a lot and they want to do more and they want to do more because they want to give, so they only feel it when they when they work hard. Right, right. You know that that's that, that is that is you that have is to realize the every small thing that you're doing, like you were saying, the, the things that you're doing already right. gives gives them what they need, the nachas and the support. Yeah. 
it has to be all meaningful things and has to be done with 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 a balance with uh, you know not 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 to not to uh, over over to to be too ocd as a result of it to be too uh, uh, it's not it's, that's that's not a healthy thing but, you, but at the same time the the years it, it, it is a it is an a, a special time you have a you have a great a great uh, opportunity to to make a special very special connection um you know there's the shiva there's the shleishim so part of it is for us and the other thing is that we are as the neshama goes from one level to another we try to be them with be the be there with them I was explaining to someone today that shleishim is like um, it's like uh, you have uh, um, uh, you put a mezuzah in a house when you're, you're there for thirty days, right? Uh, when you're you become a, a toishiv in the city, so the neshama becomes a toishiv, becomes a a resident in in the next in the next place, and it takes like thirty days. Like a child comes into this world, that after till thirty days, it tells till, takes till they go out of the cheskes neifel, you know, so they. It, it, it's 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 thirty days. So as the neshama is going through their own transition to Elam Haba, we're we're there with them, and we're we're you know. But again, you, to, to back to your, to your question, which is a very a very good question, is you know don't you know my, my father always tell me you better say a, f- a few words of davening, but say it right. <laughs> and read a lot of tilim and 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 and, and not say it right, you know. It's it's like everything like that. It's quality of a quantity. I mean, quantity is also a mile, but uh, in this case, the way I hear you, uh, quality is is of of, of the uh, of the highest order. Okay, right. Last, there's a lot of live questions over here. People, uh, let's go. Hi. Go to the next live question. You're on. Hi. Good night. Um. Uh. Uh, Torontonian also. Um, I'd like to oh. ask. Yes, um, I've 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 been told that we are not allowed to mourn for extended period of time, and uh, and uh, also not so hard. Uh, I don't know if it has to do with uh, the story of uh, Abraham that uh, he did not uh, wept. Uh, so intensely when Sarah was uh, was uh, passed away, but um, as my my own experience, when my mother passed away uh, 20, 30 years ago, uh, she was very quite young. She was fifty six, and I try not to. Although it was very very hard for my sisters and I, I try not to uh, because I've been told that the the neshama suffers. I didn't want my mother to suffer. I didn't want her to to suffer in in, in Olamaba. And uh, as I was told that uh, if they see us moving on with our lives, they get more nachas. Um, so I try to apply that. My question is, how do I apply this to other people when I see, um, I see, okay, uh, couples that lost a child, and but they they've been mourning for more than a year, like intense mourning. Um, how can I help them? How can I? Am I allowed to say that the, their their mourning makes the the neshama of their child suffer? 
Do the neshama of the child suffers? You know, these are the kind of things they have to learn on their own. I would never, never tell somebody. You can't. You can never tell somebody how to mourn. Uh, you know how long to mourn. I mean, it does say extensive mourning. Mourning is not a good thing, but that's not our job. Our job is is to help them uh, find meaningful ways to 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 return back to society, to offer them friendship, to offer them offer them a a a, a way to. Uh, to memorialize their child and to make to make them feel like the, the memory of the child is, is 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 continuing. Like I know we uh we, we wrote a safer tighter. I wrote a safer tighter in honor of my my son. Um not everybody could do that. I have a shul, so maybe I was able to do that. And um to me that like you know that, that was to me a, a, a very special way of memorializing my, my son and every time I, I'm, I'm Valkyrie in the shul so I lane so every time I lane I, I feel like I'm I'm making a connection to my son and, and I feel like you know it's like a toyota when I hold the type of toyota I, I know it sounds a little bit uh, strange but I feel like I'm holding him uh, like a little yeah I, I, it's like a little toyota and I'm holding it you know so it's a, it's a way that I, I I connect and I found a way I'm able to connect to him uh, going forward and and that's you know to try to to help other people as well to have like you know i, I tell this to some people they say wow that's like you know that's a beautiful way to a beautiful way to, to to connect um it's it's definitely not good again to over mourn to over uh, the, the three names for the cemetery one is the base akvaris one is the base elaman and one is the base achayim so I think they sort of represent three three phases in this whole thing. The base akvaris, all you see is kvaris, all you see is like is like gloom and doom, right? And it's sadness. And then base elomen, you understand that there's a there's a world to come, and there's oilam haba. So you 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 bring yourself to a higher level. You connect to the as the oilam haba. And then the third level is base achayim, is is that you 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 make a living legacy. For that, for that person, you try to be to be to, to make a memory for them in this world, and to continue the, the, the what they started off, and 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 to pass it on for generation to generation, and teach it to your children, teach your children about that person that passed away, and and, and have them to do mitzvahs in the, in the memory, and, and to do things tough in, in this world. And that that I find is is that's the base achayim. That's that's a third phase within within the uh, the uh, the morning itself. Okay, Vlavkin, let's go to the next question. Miriam, you're on. Don't worry, we're all here with you. So my son's first year at site was a month ago. Also special needs, age 30. And almost as a joke, I, I spoke three times for his yard site and then two events in his memory. And it was a joke, but it really wasn't funny when I kind of asked if anybody has any proof or insight as to what's happening with him now, it would be appreciated because the concept, especially with a child, and my dad passed 14 months before that. I didn't, believe me, I thought I would never recover from that, but 
it's the concept of the neshama and olam Abba is so abstract for anybody, let alone a bereaved parent and a mother in particular. You know, one of my friends said to me, very close friend, said when you're at his kever and he's buried in Israel, do you feel peace? And I said, I don't. I don't. I just, his bones are there. It's a year. What kind of peace can a mother feel? And who can really tell us what's happening? And he would hate to see me miserable. I'll tell you that right off the bat. Because I've gone through something similar and no, no two cases are alike, obviously. That's why uh, I know that what you have is a, is a rip in your heart. And uh, it's a tear in the heart, and uh, it goes away for a couple of days, and then it uh, something triggers it, and, and it comes back again. You know, this might this class might be the trigger, right? Um, and and oh, I do fine on my own. Don't worry. <laughs> so we get these triggers, and uh, you know, I remember when when Mizami passed away, and I sat down with somebody who had lost a child. He says, you're a rabbi. He says, says he says, I'm by me, it's already five, five years, whatever it is. So I said, I said, does it get better? He says, no, it gets worse. He says, five years? I'm five years worse off. And I'm not trying to comfort you with that, but that's that's the reality, is that it's a real rip in the heart for a parent, and and you never it never heals. It just it just you you think about other things. So the, the wound is is whatever I'm saying over here is not fixing the wound. You know, only my wife and I, and uh, you know, and once in a while, we, you know, when no one's around, we we, we cry. You know, it's just you, you can't. It's it is what it is. Um, and I can't prove you anything. I've never been in the world to come. I've never been there. I can't. I can't give you any concrete. But all I can tell you is that. I believe in everything of the Torah, and I believe everything in the Torah is true. And as part of that, I believe that the neshama continues to live on. And I find, I find I personally, I find a lot of solace in that, and knowing that he's there. And sometimes I go, I go to the to the cave, and I feel nothing. And other times I feel a lot. So, but our belief is that that uh, the cave is one of the one of the portals. It's a holy place. It's like a sacred place, and uh, you know, you, your child was 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 a special needs, so he, a tzaddik, a tzaddik. So it's a kaver tzaddikim. You have your own kaver of a tzaddik, you know, that you can go visit, and the, the tzaddik prays on your behalf, and you gave your best years to take care of him. You know, they say, from a very famous Rebbe, that it says that when Mashiach is going to come, everybody's, all, all the great tzaddikim are going to come, but the special needs kids are going to be right in the front. And they're going to be walking in the front together with Mashiach. It's one of the very great Rebbe's. And the, but the special needs children are then going to turn around to Mashiach and say, we're not going anywhere until we have our parents with us, beside us. Because they're the ones 
the Hashem gave them the honor to take care of us all these years. So the, there is there is the neshamas are there. Your 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 your, your child's soul is uh, the great from the greatest tzaddikim that ever lived. All the great tzaddikim they used to stand up for a. It's a, it's a fantastic tzaddik, and he is davening for you. I'm sure you were able to see from time to time that things are working out in your life that you didn't expect. Those things. Really? <laughs> not right now. Not right now. Not right now. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. It comes, and you'll know it's coming from from your from your from your uh, from your child, the Mitzvah, because they're watching over you. He's watching over you. And uh, the shaman is, 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 is close to you, and he's um, he's your greatest, you know, badge of honor in your life. Look, I'm not I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you anything on this quick uh, program here that's going to that's going to that's going to uh, make make you happy, right? But all all I can tell you is that. I believe I believe that that uh, his, his his neshama is 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 is, is, is always going to be close to you and he'll be with you and uh, you have other children as well, huh? I do. I have two married daughters. Married daughters. So be they don't live taking, here. They don't live know, near me. He's taking care of them too. And, uh, no, this is uh, Hashem, Hashem should bless you. May we know from Numa Tsar. You know, we have all, many of us here on this on this show, on this program, uh, have our own little pekalach, as they say. And uh, we, have to deal, we have to deal with it. But I, I believe that the belief in the afterlife and the belief in Elam Habo and the belief that that our, 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 that is, is is still there. And it continues to reach out to us, and we reach out to it, and uh, and one one day, we'll we'll see the bigger picture. Wow. Okay, that was light. Um, <laughs> let's go to the next live question, Yaram. Okay, I'm sorry that I'm gonna move away from Miriam Yurtzar. I'm sorry. Hashem should give you an achama. But Baruch Hashem, I didn't get that in the science, so I have a different question to ask. Um, one of the ways we get in the Chama is that we know that the person is in a good place in Gan Eden, and whatever he had here, he had his, his you know, he came and do, and he's fine there. How can we apply this to someone who either committed suicide, overdosed, or died without tshuva? It's, it's, suicide is one of the hardest things. I mean, but the, the many famous poskim like the Chasam Seifer and others speak about it, and uh, I, be, I believe that, uh, and and the, the many 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 other hold like this too as well. That uh, that they did they, they did shuva in the process of the suicide, and that while while they were going through it. They had regrets, and uh, it's 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 our it's our belief too that that in in, in this in this generation a lot of people have we know there's a lot of mental disease out there, 
And when people take their lives, it's not like something that somebody uh, says, uh, I'm just going, I'm just going to, uh, uh, you know, to, I don't believe in Hashem. I don't believe in the title. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm giving it up. That's a rare case. Most cases of people that are suffering from mental illness and, and, and the, the fact that they committed suicide was, was something beyond their own control. As we see, many of the people who suicide, psychiatrists, psychologists, constantly. So, so I, I believe that, you know, even, even though the, the, the traditional way was that suicide, we didn't bury them in the cemetery, isn't that? That was years, year, that was years ago. Today, the, 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 the general approach of the Poiskim and everything is, is to be much more, much more lenient and much more understanding of them. And, and and not to stand in judgment in them. And like I say, when they come up in Shemayim, we believe that every neshama, call Yisrael Yeshem, chelik haba, even though it says chutz, besides for certain people, but we know that, 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 that the people davening for them in this world bring them back. Uh, the, 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 the year is the neshama goes through uh, what things it has to go through in Olam Haba. But after the year, everybody's cleansed. So even somebody that committed that committed suicide, and we have to we have to we have to have a lot of a lot of uh, mercy on them. I mean, it's 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 a question people ask whether it's suicide. Sometimes there are people that parents that that are uh, out there that they're abusive, <laughs> things like that. And, and people ask, well, what are we supposed to do? Our belief is that when they come in oil my emis. They stop being abusers, even though they did some terrible damage down here. But we believe that they do tshuva in the world to come. And what's most important is that we have to let go also sometimes. Sometimes we carry a lot of baggage in our heart. And we need to say, like, kol nidre, every, every year we walk into shul, we say, kol nidre, what's kol nidre? I tell my congregants, I tell them, kol nidre, one thing is for the nadarim you made, and the other thing is for all the people you said, I'll never speak to them again. Those, those, are, those, are, the, those are the different kind of, all the grudges, all the, you have to throw it into the dustbin before you walk into shul on, 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 on Kippur, and that's the kol nidre. We have to, we have to be very forgiving people. That's what that's what Hashem wants from us. He want you. If we want Him to forgive us, we have to also be forgiven. I mean, I don't know the circumstance, the particulars of any circumstance, but this is just a general picture that I'm I'm throwing out there. You're saying in general, in general suicide today's days, we do the same thing, like Kaddish, Mishnayos, and, ah, and deal with them as if a regular. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what the all, all the, the the modern day poets can they, they that's that's what they that's what they're that's the direction that they're they're heading. Mm -hmm. Okay, Rabbi right, Plotkin, let's go to the next live question. Okay. Okay, I'm mute. Okay, you're on. Hi, are you able to hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, so thank you, Rabbi Plotkin, and everyone for this important uh, learning tonight. I'm calling in from. Toronto and Canada. Um, thanks for the opportunity to ask my question. Um, so my question is, um, I, I lost um, four grandparents and my father, may they rest in peace, 
uh, within the last 25 to 35 years or so. And I was extremely close to all of them, to all four grandparents and to my father. Um, over all these years, I've had very few like experiences of them, like of, of any sort of physical connection, like um, in terms of say a dream, I had one vivid dream where my father came to me, but other than that, there hasn't been very much. And it's something that I pray for and that I kind of ask their neshama for that I would like to connect with them or hear from them in, in my dreams or in any sort of way. Um, and so I'm wondering how can a person encourage that or why does it not happen, but it happens to some people, like some people, their relatives come in their dreams and some people they don't. I'm just kind of curious about that phenomenon. I don't know why some people have uh, family members coming in their dream and others don't. I never had my son come to me in my dreams. Um, not such a bad guy. So I'm the same boat as you. Um, I don't think that that is an important thing in the whole connection. Uh, the connections that we make, um, you know, like some people, they, they, they have they have this kind of like, uh, you know, connections that that's kind of more spiritual people or what. But uh, but what's most important is is that you do things that you can you can bring merit to the soul. You can bring close to the soul by studying Torah, by doing mitzvahs. By, by going to, to the cemetery and asking them to be a good better, to be a good advocate on your behalf, um, by, uh, by um, making, making uh, you know, uh, in my book, I have a lot about, about different portals that we have in this world. Although, the, although you know, there, there, is, uh, there is portals everywhere. There is, you can connect anywhere, but there are certain things that we can do make a special a special uh, connection to the to the neshama and that's that's what that's the that's the area we should we should be we should be working on whether it's it's through, through studying torah or through uh through connecting to let's say the shul that they were involved with it says that uh, that that's another another portal that you can you can tie in with um um there are, there are numerous numerous things that we can do to uh, to uh, make make links to the soul. Uh, we, we, and I once heard a famous story from the Ramban. I don't know if, I don't know if you know the story that somebody yeah. um, somebody made a, a nether with him that he's dying and that he should marry off all his children, and he told mm -hmm. him that he should come back down and tell him why there's so many tzaras in Klai Yisrael, and. Mm -hmm. um, he married of his first daughter, second daughter. He never came to him in a dream. Right. But the night before the chasa, the last daughter, he came to him and he said, it's a tremendous tsar for the neshama to come down from there to connect. It's a tremendous, he came down because he made a shvua. But right. he said, I've, I've heard this. Have you ever heard this before? Like to come. Yeah, 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 right. Now I'm not talking about the dreams that you're, that you're high, you drank too much mashka. I'm talking about a real dream that's meaningful. That, right. that right. a tremendous tsar for the neshama to come down. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't want to schlep the neshama down. It doesn't have to, you know, to 
to, to draw to draw it down unnecessarily, right, in the form of a dream. I, my understanding, I'm going to clarify, my understanding when somebody's lived there, their neshama is still more on the earth. After, that's why we have the, the shiva. Then by shalosh, yeah. it goes up another level. Throughout the year, it goes yeah. up another level. So as right. the person gets many, many years, they, they get further and further. So it's harder. Right. Is that true? Is that is that? Is yeah, that it is true. It is true. But although it does say that, that sadikim, the, the, the Zayar says is, is, is they're, they're found in this world so they, they, they come they come they come down even more than when they were alive but, but that's special tzaddikim but no, normally people they, they go up and, and they don't they're not they're not schlepped down although some say that by, by, by a yisker that the neshamas come down uh, others, others bring uh, by weddings they come down to the children's weddings um, some Svarim it says up to four generations come to come down for a, for a, for a wedding. So, so you know, there are different uh, there are different are ideas. Different types of dreams. There are dreams that people just see people. Then there's dreams where people actually have conversations. Are there are there any difference in that, or just I just want to know. Yeah, well, well, you know, today there, there is there is no. There, uh, I'm not going to go into the subject of dreams, but the, 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 you know, Navua stopped. Uh, you know, after the base of English, Kharib, you know, to, 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 there's no Navua, but there is there is still uh, there is still Ruch uh, right? But you have to be a, a big tzaddik for that. Every person, every person will have in in their dreams, uh, they, they they get a little bit of of. Uh, of 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 a of some some visions, but you don't know what's real and what's not in, in dreams. <laughs> so it's it's not our, our job to, to to deal with dreams, uh, you know. So what, what people want is the connection. People want to feel yeah. that they they're there for us. We're still connected. How do we yeah. connect? So I guess the, right. the, the questioner wants to know, you know, th that form of connection through dreams. What are different ways you're saying doing Torah and mitzvahs? What are other things that a person could feel connected, could feel, you know, and also they want one, one, one of the things that I had, my wife, like all the things I had, my, 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 my Zayda left over piles and piles of ksavim, of, of, of manuscripts they left, they never printed. And I had an opportunity to, uh, to, uh, uh, work on it and uh, to re rewrite it and to edit it and to, to give it out in the form of a, a safer. So I had these these old southern old uh, manuscripts from my, my grandfather and I, I used to work at it at late at night and I would give a look at it and to me it wasn't just a, it wasn't just a uh, some some documents I was working on but it was actually a, a personal experience i was i was i looked at the paper and i, I saw like a cigarette burn i knew he smoked <laughs> i was able to see the cigarette but i saw a hair i knew it was probably his beard you know what i mean it was it was like a a, 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 a very special experience so we have we have the, the concept i think the, the, the shab uh, when he died when he passed away uh, as he was as he was dying he told his son the he said he said to him, I'm going, I'm going in the heaven, but I'm leaving you my manuscripts. And I always tell kids that that's another way to connect to a parent. If a parent had, let's say, some writings or some letters or something from them that's meaningful, right? And you work on that, that's another tangible way to connect. 
the, the, the most famous uh, document in the history of the world is the Torah. And the first uh, five letters of, of, of the of the Aseris Adibris is Anoichi. Anoichi, the Gemara says, is a Rosh Tevis. I place my soul, Hashem says, in the Torah. So, so when you when we learn the Torah, we are we are like having a visceral like experience with Hashem, because that's Hashem's ksavim. So, but in a smaller degree, if you have if you have let's say a, a, a book from a parent or something from a parent, something that they put to put the soul into, especially if it's something a matter of Yiddishkeit, it's another opportunity to to make a a, a, a personal personal connection. But uh, you know, look, if, if some if a person has a dream, I'm, I'm not going to discount it. It's it's it you know it's 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 a it's it could be a very nice thing, a good feeling for them. And I won't I won't say that you know that you're uh, you, you must be drinking alcohol. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a special a special moment, a special thing for those that have it. Others don't have it. It's just the way it is. Let, let me ask you. Um... Just a basic question when going to be Menachem Oval. So, so you know, first of all, when we go, we say, Amaki Menachem Eschem. So, number one, how do we, what, what is the, the Nechama? But more important is if you have a close friend that's having a hard time, the question is, that what, what could you do for a close friend to be there for them and to really, you know, the real Nechama? What could you tell them? It might be right now a personal thing for you, no? <laughs> That's the question. Well, you know, you know, it says that when that when uh, when Aaron Akoyan lost his two sons, Nadav and Avil, so Moshe Rabbeinu came to to comfort Aaron Akoyan, right? He came to comfort him. Lost his two sons, and who who could comfort him better than Moshe? So Moshe came and he said, "Bekrayve she said. He said, Hashem takes those that he loves best, right? And the biggest tzaddik will not have an avir. So, uh, you know, that's what, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu can, can say that because he knows he knows what the truth is, right? I would never recommend anyone to say that to someone who loses someone, but that's... Not a good idea to say... Not, not a good idea. In the Shiva. In the Shiva. But, but it says that the last word on it was iron. Aaron heard what Moshe Rabbeinu says. It says, Vayidim Aaron. And Aaron was silent. And I believe that is the, 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 the smartest and the, and the best way to, to talk to a good friend. It's, it's through uh, silence. Silence. To be quiet. To listen to them. To be a listening ear. Sometimes you could be... You could do that actively. You don't. You don't need to just say listen to them. Right? But to sit down, to validate their feelings, to uh, to mirror the feelings, to to uh, to uh, feel for them, show them that you're feeling for them. To me, that that at least initially, that is the way. That is the way to go. You know, many years ago, they they had a terrible tragedy in in uh, in Chabad in the in the sixties. It was the 50s, the 1950s. They just opened up Kfar Chabad in Israel. It's a little Chabad village there, and and the the uh, some some terrorists came in, and uh, uh, they they um, murdered six uh, children and and the Rebbe. 
and the, 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 everyone was really down, really like hurt by it. And, uh, and uh, the, whole, the whole community, like they all wanted to leave. They just came to Eretz Yisrael, these uh, Holocaust survivors, and they, they made a little shtetl there. And, and now this is happening to them. So they, uh, they wrote to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe told them then, says, he wrote a letter like about a month later. He says, I didn't respond to the beginning because that's the purity of a Yudhimari. You have to keep right at the beginning, you keep quiet. He said, but now it's a little bit later. I'm going to tell you, but I think that uh, he says, by continuing to build, you'll be comforted. So he told the Hasidim there to continue to build that city that they were they were just building over there to continue to and 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 what what did they do? They built there's a, there's a moist called Yada Hamisha, which is a a, a a school for 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 a lot of the Moroccan and and, and other uh, Sephardic children that just arrived in Israel. So they made that like a yeshiva for them, and they made a, a, a trade school on that very same place where the where the murder took place. And they called the Yada Hamisha because the five it was five kids that were killed with the rebbe. They called the Yada Hamisha. So that but that was Hemshecha Binyan, you know, like to tell to 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 give comfort to the people. Tell them. Continue to build, use you right, right over there. That the Yidden when they were they were in Mitzrayim, the more they, they suffer, the more to take the tragedy and, and to transform it in, into a form of building. That sometimes is, is a, a great form of comfort. Like, like I said, when I, when I, when I wrote a Sefer Torah on my kid, things like that, you're taking the, the tragedy and you're turning it into something positive. That could be a great, a great source, but, great but source of comfort. That's only, I think, we have to remember. But that's only after that period of after, a, after a, a period uh, of of keeping quiet. After that, you'll decide to make this program uh, way bigger than it ever was. Perhaps <laughs> you'll be comforted with with uh, with bringing this to another another uh, another level. Okay, let's go to the next live question, okay? You're on. Hi, thank you so much. Um, I don't know if there is a source or an answer for this, but uh, is there a way to be able to connect and talk to the neshama without going to the kever, especially because it's many times very not practical for whether it's in the same town or it's in a different, or it's across seas or whatever it is. Um, is there such a thing to be able to talk to the neshama from your own living room, your own bed, your own wherever it is, and communicate with that neshama. And related to this, um, sometimes let's say, like if you feel that sometimes you like sometimes I'll say like for myself, like I feel like the neshama is there close by. I don't have any necessary reason to know that, but sometimes it's like you'll just feel like the neshama is there, and you want to talk to the neshama or you want to request something from the neshama. Is that just like my mind being crazy or is that there's a real source that there's really connecting to the neshama without going down to the kever and i'm not talking about doing mitzvahs we all know that doing mitzvahs for the neshama helps and connects to them i'm talking about actual conversation and talking with the neshama itself and feeling that connection from not at the kever all i could say is that in general uh, as jews we don't we don't 
we don't daven to a, to a person that's passed away, right? We don't cause... Right, no, not davening, just communicate. Right, yeah. But but, but to, to, what we do is we, many hold, we ask them to be a good advocate on our behalf. A good to better, as it's called, right? So like 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 Kolev went to the cave of others. He went he went there to to, to to ask them that they should daven for him. They shouldn't be swallowed up with the with the miraglim. So I believe that wherever you are, you can do that. You can reach out, but I, I would make it something more meaningful. Connect to them through toilets. You study a little toilet in their memory, in their honor, and then when you when you do that. You can you can ask the Nishama, whoever it is to 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 you know to, to be there on our behalf or when you do a mitzvah on their behalf you can also ask them at that point to be a, a good to better we're doing this 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 in your in your in your in your merit and now we're asking you that if you can if you can pray for us and watch out of the family go before the rabbi Nishalelam and ask Hashem for uh, to uh, so so. You know, if 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 you have, let's say, uh, something that that was made in their honor, a place, a shul, a classroom, uh, that's an appropriate place as well, I would say, because that place, in that place, their their presence is a little bit more. But it can be it can be done anywhere and any time. You don't need, but, but there are portals. Caver uh, is of, of, a, of a stronger connection. You know, has a better a better. Um, as a better band, <laughs> better, uh, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, better, better way to connect. But, but you can connect anywhere. You can even you can even be sitting in a in a in a, in a coffee shop. <laughs> you know, it's like this lady. She could connect it to her mother. I don't know where. But, but the best the best thing is to do it through meaningful things, not just randomly, not while you're, uh, or maybe while you're cooking for Shabbos and your mother used to cook the same way on Shabbos, you're preparing for Shabbos. Think about your mother then, or when you bench licht. I think that's that's a big channel, benching licht. You know, that's a time, uh, that time you could connect, a woman has great powers then to connect to, to, to the future generations and the past generations. Thank you're doing it, you know. Many people don't realize that what they're doing the whole day is, is mitzvahs. I mean, you could stop for a minute. You know, you're going to work to be a for kids. You're cooking for Shabbos and uh, you're right. cooking stuff for your kids. So re re what you're really doing is most of your day, you know, if you're doing the right thing, all you have to do it should be Lezeich and Ishmas. And uh, it's a place of connection. You can connect. Are you okay there? Okay, let's go to the next live question, okay? Yeah. Okay, I'm you. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, I was, um, I lost my fiance a few days ago, so it's, it's very, very painful, and I miss him so much. And my rabbi said that I really shouldn't be speaking him, to him directly. I should be speaking to Hashem, which I'm not really sure why. And I just want to know, I mean, can he hear me when I speak to him? And is it wrong to ask for a sign to acknowledge me? I, you know, it's just, I, I'm just at such a vulnerable state right now because it's just, you know, it just happened a few days ago and I just know he was 
my best shared and it's just been very difficult. I'm not going to contradict anything your rabbi said. Yeah. Um, there are there are some different opinions and nuances in some of this stuff, but but the fact that, that we said before that you can make amazing connections to those that we that we love and care for, and, uh, and uh, you know there is a um, you know there is a concept of uh, of, of soulmates, palgad and shmosa, you know. Um, People that, that that we we actually marry or or even fiancés also have a connection to our neshama. So, um, so I believe there, hey, there Rabbi, is. Rabbi, a... Somebody texted before. How does it work if somebody is Bashar does? Well, yeah. Well, the, the, but they, they 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 did have a little a little bit of a connection. I don't know if they were engaged yet or what. Yeah. Right? So you're engaged, so it's, yes. it's, that's that's, a, that's already uh it's not uh, you know it's not a bush to thing. It's if you have a, your soul has a connection to that person, right? Um, you know, it's a whole subject of soulmates. Which I, this is not the the topic over here. Uh, the question is, do you have a connection even to all the people that you dated? <laughs> do they have a little bit of a connection to your neshama? Because you have to definitely go through some kind of a tikkun, you know, a connection, going through all these people till you reach your bashert, the total bashert. But the, but the, these people are also like, especially a fiance for sure. Your neshama definitely has an inner connection. So uh, you don't necessarily need, need to talk to them about what's going on in your life, but you could ask them to to pray on your behalf. You, know, you can. Uh, I want to talk to him. I want to. <laughs> I know. I know. That's 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 so, that's what people, that's what people want to do. Yeah. That's a natural natural uh, human inclination. Um. And I we were engaged that, for a long time because he became ill, like, like right at the beginning. But I stayed and wanted to be there for him. You know, when a person uh, after. Uh, 120 goes up to heaven, the good deeds that they do in their life and the good deeds that are done to them go with them. Mm -hmm. They are crowned with those good deeds. So all those mitzvahs that you... Like I took care of him for almost a year. That, that, you took care of him, that, that goes with him. Yeah. And that, that is his crown because he gave you the opportunity to be able to do those things. Yeah. So you are his crown. So you still you have a very strong <laughs> now, well, That's comforting. Thank you. Wow. Okay, Rabbi Plotkin, tonight's it's as, as real as it gets. Okay, let's go to the next live question. We're going to get realer. Let's go. Hi, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I was just wondering, I, I we hear a lot that everyone nowadays is Gilgals and that we're all kind of recycled neshamas in some way. I, I don't fully understand the concept, but I guess I was just wondering um, if that means that my father's neshama can be in this world in another form for another body. And if so, what does that mean for when I'm communicating to him or if I want him to be at my family simchas or walk me down the chuppah someday like you know I hear that the neshama comes down to the chuppah what does that mean and like how does that work 
you can look me up somewhere online and I have a class on reincarnation. And you need to, reincarnation is not a simple thing, okay? It's not a Pashta thing. And if you want to learn a little bit more about it, you can go on to, I have a class that you, you can put my name in and, and reincarnation, you'll see. I've given a class on, on that subject. It's not it's not so much in my book, but, uh, but uh, you know, the whole idea that souls are, are, are reincarnated sometimes is very disturbing for people who want to connect to their parent in heaven and to hear, to think that they might be somewhere else in the world, right? It's very, it's very uh, uh, disconcerting. So um, you need to learn a little bit more about it. Like I say, it's not, it's not something I can do justice just speaking about it in, in this, in this two minute, uh, but even just a point, important point to make that even when someone does come back, for whatever reason, if they still have something to to complete in this world, um, and they're a Gilgal, um, the, there is a part of the Neshama that that is at peace in the Shemayim. Neshamas can split, like we said, the soulmates can be split. So this is this is a it's a very complicated subject. You know, there's there's, there's a Chaim Vital as a whole safe. I, I always had this question. I never had a clear answer. The Shem comes out multiple times and it comes to right. Who's right. Who they come Who, right. What happens? What does it look like? As somebody told me by Shiva, like it says, it's Pinu, by benching. What's Chaik Pinu? Like we make a joke, we laugh. But after Korban Bezimik, we should laugh. So they told me Pshat is that sometimes you have a father that dies at the age of 20, 30, whatever, and then the mother lives to 90. And then they wake up, and he's twenty, and she's ninety, but they're soulmates. So it looks wow. it look, the whole thing looks funny. But I never understood that. Maybe you could explain that. I mean, I don't want to go to the whole reincarnation thing, but it is. Yeah, a it's, it's a it's a it's a long thing. But just to say that a neshama is is a, is a piece of Hashem. It, it, it's 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 a thing, and it can split many times, like like almost like a fission, right? So the part of the neshama that completes whatever it has to complete, it goes to Elam haba, and it, then there's another part. Perhaps it needs to come back. So the part that's, that 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 reaches its rest in this, it's almost like a, a, you know, the human brain. We only use up maybe five percent of the brain. Same way as the neshama, we might have only used up five. So that part that we use up in this life always remains connected to our body, and that's the part that returns back to the body. There might have been another part which was incompleted in this lifetime that comes back as as another neshama. Which belongs to another body, if you follow what I'm saying here. <laughs> so, so it's 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 a complicated subject, and uh, I'm glad you brought it up. But but it's not it's it's not al regalachas, not like on one foot that you can explain it. It's a, it's a, it's a sugya. Take a while, Hi, okay, sir. You're up. Hi. Hi. I'm doing. Um, you might have uh, partially answered my question already about. You know, relatives maybe didn't do tshuva or just but I'm thinking the idea that what if I I just finishing the month of Abra and three yard sites and uh, my father, my mother, my sister where was brings up very painful memories. And you know unfortunately I didn't have the kind of relationship maybe other people had. So you know I'm even sort of blase if I meet them in the next world. I mean how do you repair 
that kind of relationship, you know, or, you know, after, you know, after they're gone or even like, I, I don't know, you know, the, dealing with certain anger and other mm. issues, how do you overcome that? Well, I mean, and I well, do get Sadaka in their memory and all that, you know, it's almost well, a perfunctory well. thing at this point. There's a passion that hey, you know, people have choices, you know, good good yeah. choices and bad choices, and and people in this world make make but when but we believe that when they come up there, the neshama is essentially good. Yeah. And and it needs a cleansing, it needs to be cleansed. It's it's soiled it, 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 in this world. Many of us make a lot of mistakes. And we need to be cleansed from that, those mistakes. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, but it's like Bruya told her husband, the mayor. It says, may the sins perish, not the sinners. So we, we sort of make a, uh, we try to separate bad choices that people make and the essence of the person. So when a child is born, every child comes into the world, they're good. Then they, sometimes they goof up in their life and they, they, they make bad choices. And we believe that those bad choices is not essentially who they are. No. They may have reflected and, to the era they grew up with. Maybe everybody saw a certain way, you right. know. Right, right. Yeah, the yeah, family, yeah. From the, yeah. The family, the friends that they had in school, and you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know. Look, we, we do believe people have to take responsibility for their actions, and that's very much mm -hmm. part of what mm -hmm. reward and punishment is about. But we do believe that after the punishment is is is, is given. Mm -hmm. Then, then we have to we can't view the person as as, as a Russia anymore. They, they, they yeah. you know, and after they've done tshuva, you know, it's, it's everybody has second chances, and uh, mm -hmm. so souls also. Some some people die without doing the proper tshuva, and we believe there's there's an, an accounting when they come up there. But ultimately, they 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 brought they brought to a state of a state of clarity, where they where they turn around and they say we were wrong. We should not have done that. And they are remorseful. The souls are remorseful. When when this 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 movie of their life is played for them in the, the world to come, right? So they, and and they they say we were we can't believe ourselves how we did that. So we have to we have to believe that our parents are in that place now. They're in a place now where if they could come back and speak to you, they would tell you, we're sorry. So that could, that could take us to uh, another question that somebody sent in. If somebody feels very guilty, they didn't have any uh, connection or any positive connection to the father. And oh. his question is what he can do now. What are good ideas that, first of all, to be able to look at, to, to connect to their father, which didn't have any connection. And then what, what are small steps, ideas that they can do to reconnect, even though it might be harder because they never had that connection. Right, right. Um, you know, one, of the, one of the things that sometimes, sometimes when a child does wrong to a parent, the other way around, right? So, child still has opportunities, you know, there's, there's a Jewish, there's a tradition to, to go to the caver and to ask for mechila, bring a minion there, ask for forgiveness. I mean, it's it's an unusual thing to do, but that's a real thing. 
wrote down the svarim that you go you go there and you ask you ask for forgiveness and um by i believe that also that by by rebuilding the family the next generation and giving your, your, your you know giving the children what you didn't get before you know rebuilding that relationship going forward in, in a way you know it's like it's like uh, someone that's a balchuva he uses the the uh, the hurt of, of 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 all the things they did wrong to become a better person then then the sins themselves become become an impetus become a springboard for 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 the mitzvahs so that 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 in a, in a roundabout way it elevates it uh, so 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 if if that bad experience that a child has will serve as as a uh, as a lesson going forward that they don't want the, the, their family or their friends or anyone else should ever have to go through this again and 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 as a result of that they 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 you know change the trajectory trajectory of the family and in, so in a roundabout way they they are elevating that bad relationship to be as for the neshama Another interesting thing is uh, I'm hearing from your words. Should they think about the person the same way they thought about him when they were alive? And maybe now things should, could change because like you're saying, the neshama is pure. The neshama could be over here, whatever relationship you had might've been negative, but now should they change the way they look at that person? Well, let me clarify the question even better. Let's say the person had a terrible a spouse or terrible parent. And they were just they had bad meetings and they were just mean or they were stingy or they, they had a lot of negative. Somebody texted me a question. They had like they, they, they were just bad people. So now do we view it as that was when they when this sold that five percent of that neshama, and now we have to view them as like Now they're you know whatever or you like how do we view that? Yeah, so like uh, you know, sometimes it could be like you say in a very very uh, clear way, in a very in a very uh, you know in a way that let's say a parent is abusive. Sometimes, sometimes you have like daughters or or, or sons that are uh, that you know, it's always in the back of their head that they're, they're becoming that they're becoming their mother. <laughs> you know, kind of thing, right? Certain things they didn't like about their mother growing up, nothing major, right? Maybe, right? But they, they didn't like that about their mother. And suddenly they they, they have a, a poster in the, like, uh, they have a, license, a, a bumper sticker that says, you know, I'm becoming my mother. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not becoming my mother. I am my mother. <laughs> so, like, you know, like a lot of these things, they, they, they keep on. Um, so, some, there are some people that say, I'll never be like my mother. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna run my house completely different, right? I'm going to change because my mother taught me what not to be like, right? And uh, the reason why I'm not saying fathers because sons and fathers somehow they, have, they don't have that kind of they don't have an emotional relationship. I don't know. Maybe that's at least in the olden days it wasn't that way. 
Um, but then you have others, other, other, other daughters that, that try to hone what their mother, you know, their mothers, they try to, they, they become like their mothers with modifications. Modif they're not going the other direction, but they modify a little bit, you know, some of the smaller nuances that they experience with their mother and, and they talk to become their mother, but in, in a more refined way. Okay, let's go to the next live question. You're on. Uh, I guess this is me. Thank you. Uh, I wondered about candles. My father passed uh, just under a month ago, and I want to keep a candle lit, but I haven't, and I know my siblings have. So I wondered how a candle helps the neshama and if I should be more careful about keeping one lit all year. And then as I came up with that question, I realized I, I felt like crying, but I had read that it's ideal to cry during the first three days of shiva and then we're not supposed to cry excessively after that and that the family is still kind of like under judgment for a year unless a baby boy is born so i wondered your thoughts on that as well as far as the candle goes different customs they're all they're all legit customs some people have custom to, to light the candle just for the shiva another light it for the shlash while the light it for the year um, and for sure, people, everyone lights it, uh, you know, on, on the on the yard side. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, uh, you know, it's one. It's a custom, so you can't get yourself overly. Uh, you know, if if you didn't light it, and some of some of your siblings, are, it's not it's not the end of the world. You know, the more important things to do than just lighting candles. A candle is is a good thing. It's Neir Hashem Nishma Sodom. It's remember the soul. It's, you know, that there are, are many uh, reasons as to why we light a candle, but I think there are many more, the many greater ways that you can perpetuate the memory of, a, of your, of your uh, parent uh, by doing mitzvahs, by studying Torah in their honor, by, by, by continuing in their ways, by, by setting up institutions in their memory it's way more than, than the candles and then about crying i just want to tell you even though it says that that's that, that one shouldn't cry excessively but to feel guilty about crying crying <laughs> comes because, because because you love that person you know if you never if you never would have uh, if you wouldn't have loved you wouldn't have cried some famous person once said that right so mm -hmm. so um Never, never feel guilty for crying. You know, try, try not to cry so much if you can avoid it. <laughs> but crying is, is, is it's, it's cleansing the soul. So you know, some people wish they could cry. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have that the, the ability to cry. So there's, is there a reason to, if I have the ability to, but also the ability not to, to. Uh, maintain composure or there's a, a benefit to just if I feel the need to cry not the need just the the sensation to allow that or just to remind myself that like I have a muna and bitachon everything worked out exactly how it should and there's a bigger picture that I don't see necessarily in the moment 
No two people alike. Some people can, can end crying early. Some people end crying later. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it depends on your personality. Okay. You know, we can't, we can't control it. Emotions is not something that, that can be, you know, uh, totally controlled. You know, we work, we work uh, to love Hashem. We, 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 it's a mitzvah to love Hashem. But how many of us can actually get to that love of Hashem? We try the best we can to get to that, to that we, we, we meditate over things to bring us to the love. Same way as with crying. We, we try to find substitutes for, for crying because we shouldn't cry too much in life. But the emotions, we don't have, we don't have, we don't have complete control over. It. So whenever you cry, you cry for the base of Migdash. <laughs> so, you know, make, make it a mitzvah too while you're at it, you know. Well, thank you. What would it what would it tell somebody who um, can't daven for the omits? Somebody who has anxiety, it's too hard for them. And they want to do something else, something easier. Again, diving for the omit is a good thing, but it's not it's not uh, necessary. I mean, it's not like something that you must do. Uh, there are many many other things that you, you could do to be a to be a isha chesed to be a mensch to be kind to other people to be charitable to be. Uh, to 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 learn, you know, there's so many things you could do in the year. Davening for the Amid is is is. I mean, it's so it's somewhere around the candles. <laughs> it's somewhere in that 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 category. I mean, Kaddish obviously you have to say Kaddish, but davening for the Amid, you try if you can. If you, if, you, if, if 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 some people are very very hesitant, like you know, it's hard for them to daven for the Amid. I don't think I don't think it's uh, you know the the main thing is to be a, a good yid, to be dedicated and to to to, to help the the neshama of the parent live on. Somebody sent an interesting question. I just want to read it. Yeah, I stay in shul during Yisker. But I really don't feel connected to it at all. Can you tell me and explain to me more what really Yisker is? What does it mean? What's the point of it? And what should be the connection during Yisker? Yisker is, is, uh, is during the Yom Taivim, during the holidays. We have to, we have to, you know, the, the mitzvah of keep it aim that we have. And those that don't have parents uh, during the Yom Taivim, the made an opportunity to remember them. To think about the nishamas, and uh, that's that's basically what it is on, on, on a sim on a simple level, just just to remember them, you know, to remember. Yeah, every day sheish sechiras. Yeah, six things you have to remember every single day, you know, uh, to remember to remember them. What the Amalekites did to us, remember Yitzias Mitzrayim, to remember uh, the the uh, Shabbos uh, every day, you know. So it's, these are all these are all things that we need to need to remember. So we need to remember our parents on the Yom Tevim, and so we have a thing called Yisker. In, in, the, in the more mystical works, it says that the, the, the Yisker, that particular time when we remember them, then the Shamas also remember us. And uh, they, the tradition always was that we, the belief was that the, the Shamas come down and they come to be be close to us. That's in the more mystical works. 
besides for, for doing the mitzvah, honoring them and remembering them, is the neshamas remember us, and they, they come and, they, and, and they're close to us at that time. Now, if this person doesn't feel a particular connection, it's, it, it's an opportunity to feel the connection. Like you said, some people can go to the, to the cave and they also don't feel a connection there, right? It's, uh, it's, it, doesn't, it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's not a real thing. It's a real thing. And it's a real opportunity. And it's like I said before, it's a portal, a portal in time that we have on, during the Yisker, that, that that's an opportunity to get close to the, to the Neshama because the Neshamas come down and they're with us. We remember them and they remember us. And um, so that's one of the many portals, one of the many ways to, to make a, a connection to, to the Neshama. But no, if somebody doesn't feel it, hey, you could be, some people can be, in shul and they don't feel anything. They could be on Yom Kippur and they don't feel anything. <laughs> right? Do it, do it anyways. Huh? They should do it anyways. Exactly, hundred percent. They should trust you that it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Here's, here's an interesting question. Somebody asked, um, how to manage or balance the extreme grief of losing a child, somebody who lost a child uh, or the child, knowing that it takes time. And, um, you know, they go into therapy. And then they have to deal with their family, friends, neighbors. And, and it's difficult, you know, the family, friends, and neighbors are, they don't want to hear about it anymore. They're like, okay, it happened a long time ago. You got to move on, go to some place, don't just stay home. It's hard for them to understand what they're going through. What, how could one balance to deal with both people you know they, they're still going through the grief i guess how to talk to people to tell them you know i need i need a space by the way the person that loses a child or loses anyone people want to help them and they are interested in hearing your stories not ongoing basis but people are nice and they want to help them it, it, sometimes it's in the mind of the person that lost someone. They feel that they're being a burden to everybody else. You know, my my personal life, uh, like the life of my 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 my, my son, I had the opportunity. I, I go around speaking about helping people special needs. I go around now talking a little bit about grief. So that's an opportunity for me to 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 bring it to other people, but. I don't find that people are, are, you know, say, oh, enough of them talking about their, their kid. You know, like, uh, sometimes, like I say, it's in the mind of, of, of the person that lost someone that they feel that, other, that they're being a burden onto other people. People are, uh, obviously, to speak about it a whole day is not, uh, is not a healthy thing. But if it's once in a while... To a good friend, you open up and you say, "I'm, I'm, I'm broken." You know, they used to say, two people came, two peasants came together in Russia, and they said to each other, um, "They said, uh, one peasant said to the other, do you really love me?'" He said, "Of course I love you. I'm your best friend." He says, "No, you don't really love me." He said, "What do you mean you don't?" He says, "I know you don't love me, because if you really love me, you'd know what's bothering me." 
And since you don't know what really hurts me, you don't really love me. You just say you're my best friend. You're not really my best friend. So if you're really, if you're really a good friend of someone, it's not enough just to say, uh, you know, that I, I love you. You're my best friend. No. Loving somebody means you, 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 you feel for them. You, you know what's bothering them. And so it's not easy to be a good friend. <laughs> it's not easy because you, you're taking upon yourself, yeah? Say, uh, that when many people have a problem, that, that you sort of get a, get a half, a, half of, a, of a comfort. That's a comfort. You think about it, it's sort of a selfish thing. Yeah? I'm comforted because somebody else is suffering too. <laughs> it makes no sense. In fact, it's like it's like you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you, you know, I have terrible news for you. You have this terrible illness, but the good news is your father also has it. So, like, so why do I feel any better? It's it's worse. Like, mm-hmm. so what's what's the answer? The answer is why isn't the sort of many because. If you take upon yourself the hurt of somebody else, that is, the person has only so much hurt they can feel in life. If you take upon yourself your friend's pain as well, so then your own pain becomes less because there's a certain threshold that we have for pain. So if we take on ourselves the sadness of other people and we listen to them, then our own pain becomes less. Because when we take on the our friend's hurt, there's only so much pain a person can have, right? So if you take on other people's pain by being by offering them friendship, then everybody's uh, suffering becomes a little less. So that's chatsi nechama, half. That's just a, that's just a vertel. <laughs> Okay, Gavalda Gray Plotkin, we covered a lot. There's a lot more to cover. It's a, it's a big it's a big topic. Yeah. Um, okay, let's try to do one second. Give me a second. Give me a second, give me a second. Okay, let's do one more question and then we'll go to closing. Yeah, I'm mute. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question. We yep. recent pardon? Yeah, no, go, go, you're on. Okay. We recently lost our son. He was 29. He passed away from brain cancer. He fought for six and a half years, and we were very, very fortunate that um Hashem gave us the opportunity to work with him and to uh, our son and to grow closer to our Kaddish Baruch Hu through all the challenges, to see all the gifts that Hashem gave us, um, the gifts that he gave our child to be strong and to continue to fight. Um, he blew the, the doctors away. He was only supposed to live 15 months and he lived six and a half years. And um, he was awesome. He was amazing. And the pain is beyond 
beyond no words no one can give any words of comfort which is we understand my husband and i that's for now the hardest challenge that i am having and i don't know about any other mommies out there my son was 29 but i'm still his mommy is that i believe that hashem is there I know a Kaddish Baruch who runs this world and gives us the challenges that we need to grow, but it is so difficult to reach back in a trusting way with Hashem again, like I did before, because the fear of what will happen next. If I start believing you gave me this challenge and I'm going to get through this. So now I'm going to start my relationship all over again with you. I trust you. I see you in everything I do. But to open it a safer to Hillam, to, to Davin, to I'm finding it is so painful to do because there's fear of the next fearful thing that maybe Hashem will challenge me with or asking for health and good health for our children it's it's hard it's very hard to to bring that connection back like it was before do you have any words of wisdom or help in any way to help me with that boy yeah, it's a heavy story that you have there, and uh, you know, like I, getting, you know, to have a child going through for such a long period of time, and, uh, it's very understandable what you're going through. And also, your your challenge with Hashem is very, you know, I think that the best thing that I could think of is to find some. People that are similar, that live through the same thing, because nobody really can give you any any uh, suggestions on this if they, if they didn't live through it themselves. Right? So if you could sit down with other people who have gone through similar stories and uh, to uh, to talk to each other, to you know, we call it like a Today they call it like a little session. We call like a we call it Chabad. We call it Fabrengen. Sit together and to discuss it, and you know, pour out your hearts to each other, and try to give each other chizuk and comfort because you're like you you know you were burnt, and you were hurt. And you're like Eve, you know, but his friends came to see him, you know, when he had all these great challenges. And ultimately, uh, nobody was able to comfort him. <laughs> Only Hashem at the end revealed himself to him, told him you know, certain things to comfort him. But I think the process of, of reaching out to friends and uh, of, that have gone through similar challenges is, is, is of utmost important. I do that. I speak to other people who, who have gone through, uh, you know, that's that's helpful. You need, you need to you need to hold hands and uh, try moving ahead together. It's a, it's a slow process. It's not it's not overnight. 
I think that's that's good. And you have, I hope you have a good, uh, a good uh, teacher. I say lecha rav, knei lecha chor. You have to have a rav, a teacher. Uh, you also need a good friend, good friend. But in this case, you need friends that that have gone through similar things that can sort of share. Support group. I'm gonna squeeze in another live question before we go to the closing part. Mm -hmm. One more live. Um, my mother died quite some time ago in 2012, and every time I think about her, I have the the feeling that she's angry with me. Not quite sure why. You know, if it's because like I was with her, like she died suddenly, and I was there, and like um, you know, I don't know if I waited too long to call the ambulance, or she didn't want me to call the ambulance because you know she had always told me prior to to that that she never wanted to go to the hospital. Or if it's just other things, like maybe like she knows things that I did that she didn't know before. I don't know, but I just is there anything, you know, any way to resolve it? Well, one of the things we said before, which might be a little helpful, is that we believe that the soul is in a place where they carry no grudges. They, 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 uh, I mean, it's in your it's in your mind, but from your mother's perspective now, whatever happened, whatever she thought happened at the time, she's now in a place of clarity, in a place where she sees the truth, and she sees that you tried the best you could at the time, and and she she is understanding, forgiving, and she is, uh, she is in a place where she really loves you, and and she has she has the perfect love for her daughter. So she might have had some challenges before in that, but now she's in a place where, she, you know, she's looking at you and she's wondering from her perspective, you know. I mean, it's it's in in, in your world, obviously, you're feeling that, and, and it's very real because you're feeling that, you know. Right. But I, I, I just want I just want to assure you that from her world. There is no, there is, there are no grudges. There are no unha There is no unhappiness of you. Mm -hmm. They don't carry that. They don't carry that. There, there is no grudge box over there. They have, they have, they have memory. The souls have memory, but they don't have grudges. Okay. Thank you. Okay, uh, Black. Let's go to the closing part. So uh, we're going to wrap up, and I'm going to speak a little bit. Menachem will speak, and then Rabbi, Rabbi Plotkin, not two hours of such a thing. We want you to leave off the oil with a tremendous physic and uh, really, you know, leave with, with, with powerful words. So let's start wrap, wrapping it up. First of all, thank for Rabbi Plotkin for coming on tonight, staying on so late with us. Tremendous physic. We spoke about the real the real deal. You know, let's get real. This is as real as it gets. You know, talking about the MS and what people, everybody at the end of the day has to face that, and we all have to deal with it. We try to run from it, but uh, as you could say, you could run, but you can't hide. And it was tremendous physic for the Ilam, and hopefully thousands and thousands of people will get physic uh, from this over the years. They can watch it later. Again, tonight's share is 153. And if anybody wants to join every our Sikhs Khabram every Sunday night, go WhatsApp me at 848-525-0066. Save my number. I'll send you every Sunday the flyer of the speaker that week. You can also go to menachembernfeld.com and sign up to get his emails of the speakers, of the upcoming speakers, the events, the replays. 
Again, for anybody who's here the first time, every Sunday night at 9.30 on this Zoom ID, we have different Rabbanim, different therapists, different topics. That we bring out the best of the best. And Baruch Hashem, we're doing uh, some tremendous work over here. Next week, August 20th, we're going to have, again, I think it's third or fourth time, Manus Friedman, who's always, when he comes on, he, we choose a topic with him, and he, he goes to the Shoyosh of it. And he's going to a very deep, deep thing, which is very negative today, keeping a, a relationship strong with our adult children. And that uh, should be powerful, meaningful, and let everybody know about it, pass it around. It's relevant. And, uh, you know, try to get people to join, to be part of this tremendous Sunday night physic. Again, everything's recorded. Mention will be on menachemberfall.com. If anybody has any questions, email coachmenachem at gmail.com. Tonight's share again is 153. You can listen on the phone lines at 848-777-GROW. That's 848-777-4769. Rabbi Plotkin, I'm sorry for putting on the spot that I didn't ask you beforehand. Um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, can they email you? Is there a website? Is there any mahalach to get in touch with you? You don't have to put it out there. I'm just asking. I usually ask beforehand. <laughs> Forgot. <laughs> sorry. It was a busy week. <laughs> Do you have an email address you want to share with anybody or anything? Should I tell you the email? or If you want to put it out there. If not, you could just tell them to email Coach Menachem. They could forward it to you, whatever you prefer. That's it. Rabbi at ChabadMarkham.org. Mind spelling that? Rabbi at Chabad, C H A B A D, Markham, M A R K H A M, Markham.org. Yeshkoyach.org, or if they want to, you can, you can even. Uh, you have you know. to send an email. If you have time, you can try to respond, hopefully, yeah, help yeah. more people, help more, help more of Kleisrol. As you can see from tonight's talk, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hard feelings, and, uh, you know. Again, I want to thank all the advertising sponsors like Scoop, Elliot Ariel from Five Town Central, Kyla Kaufman from JCN. And I'm going to give a closing, Menachem, and then Rabbi Platkin. Think of a Misa, think of a story, a Chizik. I'm just going to say for myself, uh, it, was a, it was a wild two weeks for me. It was very, very difficult um, to see my father in the situation that he was. My father was hit by a car, and he was uh, not conscious for, for about 10 days. And uh, I was there, and at the same time, I was making Hassan for my daughter. Rabbi Waiwai just left me a message during the share. He said, you know, that this, this brought down that the, the Sheva Yemei Mishta, and the Sheva Yemei Avelis is connected in, in a Hoicha Oifa. It's hard to understand it, but Neshamas come, Neshamas go. This is the world we live in. It's a good Achoizer, and um, we have to realize that reality. We have to realize every day we're here. We're here to accomplish. We're here to do the best we could in our situation, and, um, and everybody has to understand that, and life does come to an end. And life in this world comes to an end. But like you said, the neshama is an eternal thing. It's not something that disappears. It's not like the guf is is just, it's just, it's a keli. It's like, it's like a piece of wood. There's nothing to it. It's just, just a form of uh, of something without the neshama. And I've seen, I've, did, I've done tires without, without the neshama, it's nothing. So the neshama is something that's everlasting why people go at certain times or all the questions. I heard this from Michal Tversky by Levaya once. He said, we don't ask why, because there's no answer to why. There's never an answer. It only brings you depression. It only brings you to places that there is no answers. In this world, there's no answers. And, and I want to finish the story with the Ramban, that when the person came to him in that dream, after all, the Ramban paid for all the chasanas of his children, he told him that it's very big time for me to come down here. And the shayla that the Ramban asked, why so many people are having so many tzars during that tuf? He said, when you come up to Shemayim, there's not even a shayla. It's not like, why, why? Over here, the questions are why. When you come up there, there is no questions. Everything is clear as daylight. 
and we'll see everything, and we won't even have to do Coach Menachem anymore because it'll be so clear. There'll be nothing to talk about. So that's that's my speech, and for all the people that feel the pain and desire, that's part of life. Hashem created grieving. He created Shiva. He created the feelings and the emotions, and um, we have a lot of emotions in life we go through. There's different kufas, and um, we have to really just tap into every moment and make the best of it, and not to get bogged into really people waste a tremendous amount of their lives on stupidities, on fights, on machlikas, on tainas, on things, and that pulls people down. And they miss the big picture because ultimately the big picture is we're here every day to accomplish and to become closer to Hashem, to become closer to our to to ourselves. That's what Coach Menachem does. That's what we do. We try to really get in touch with our inner emotions that we, we, we're real and we live real. We don't live for Yedem. We don't live for other people. We live for being the real person that you need to be. And um, it's just an amazing thing to see, you know, like we you, we said this a little bit, people don't want to really talk about it. We don't want to put too much energy and thought into it. We don't want to dwell in it because it's something that's so, such a turnoff. It it like takes away everything that we live for in this world, all the gashmas, all the cars, all the trips, all the vacations, all the things that we put so many millions of hours in that has zero value. When 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 a person leaves all his possessions, everything it's it's it has nothing. There's no value. There's nothing to it. So we have to really really tap into our ourselves and be content with ourselves. Really understand that Hashem runs the world. When a kid goes in a car and he's driving, and his father's driving someplace, he's making a right, he's making a left. The the kid doesn't ask his father, "Why do you turn here? Why do you turn there?" He trusts that his father knows where he's going, and that really has to be our mahalach with the kadosh baruch We have to just trust. Every day when things go this way or goes that way, of course, we, we appreciate the good and when things go gishmak, but sometimes things go difficult. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm saying a big dvartara, but I heard another beautiful word also that we say by Purim, it's a very weird thing that we say, that we should be drunk, that we shouldn't know the difference between the, the blessing of Mordechai and the curse of Haman. That's how drunk we should be on Purim. It's a very weird mitzvah, right? Between Ar Haman and Baruch Martha, we should be so confused. So what's Peshat? I heard a Muradik Peshat once many, many years ago that there's times in life that we're Baruch Mordechai, that we're living Gewaldic. Everything is amazing. Everything is going great. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to be connect with him during that time in that matzah. And then there's times where it's Araham, where things are difficult. You lose somebody. You go through a difficult time in life. And that's what Hashem wants you to do. Hashem wants you to connect sometimes this way Hashem wants you to connect sometimes that way. Some people connect better when things are worse. Some people connect better when things are better. Everybody has their own makeup. But ultimately, Hashem wants connection in all angles and everywhere we go and everything that we do. And our job as people down here, and from talking from the last many, many Kosh Menachems, is we try to really work on ourselves and be real, realize that we're Am Kaddish, we're holy people. We, 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 the chesed that I've seen the last few weeks from my personal self, people just, the care and the love and the dedication that people want to be there for you. It's unbelievable. We're, we're, we're a nation that really doesn't exist anywhere in the world. The caring, the love, it's it's on another level. And a Yid is a Yid, no matter where or what he did. And every partisan of, of the, a Yid Nasham is holy. And when a, and like you said, when a person comes up there, even if he was mentally ill or they were bad or whatever it is, it's, it's not the same. It's a Nashama. So sometimes Hashem has to put the neshama down in a certain type of goof. For whatever the reasons are, we don't understand the cheshbonus. 
we really don't understand anything. There's so many concepts that our brain can't process or understand. And we have to understand, we have to accept that we can't understand everything. Not everything makes sense. Not everything is logical. Things are deeper and bigger than us. And that's what the Muna Batakan goes on to trust and to trust and to trust. And um Baruch Hashem, I'm with Coach Menachem to be best friends with him and to learn a lot together with him. And I'm gonna pass it over to Coach Menachem. Wow. Beautiful words. I just want to tell Rabbi Plotkin, thank you very much. One word that I can think of tonight is vulnerable. It's a place where we don't know. And it's hard. We try to make some sense out of it. And like we heard tonight, there are ways that we can connect what we need to do through Torah and mitzvahs. I just want to mention one thing. When we talk about emotions, very hard to tell you what to do. Because emotions are just things that come up. And like we heard, everybody's different. If you feel like you need to cry, you feel like you want to talk. These are all things that come up. And if it comes up, it comes up. It's like, you know, you don't want to direct it. You don't want to um, press the button and say, now I want to do this, now I do that. Emotions don't work that way. We're human. We have emotions going through difficult times. When it comes up, you feel it. Sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. You feel like crying. You can try to stop, you can continue, whatever it is. But this is this is what it is. My brother is Hashem should give Kayach for all of us, for those who, who feel need it more. But the truth is, everybody needs it wherever they are. That we should be able to connect, we should have some clarity. Like we heard, whether it's with a Rebbe, a friend, someone to talk to, don't try to do it by yourself. It's a journey. It's a process. You hold on somebody else's hand. Let them hold your hand. Don't try to do it by yourself. Whether it's support groups or therapists, it's uh, it's real, real emotions. Shem should give us all koyach, and um, they should all be a gita beta, a mailet and we should feel connected, and we should see the signs that we're looking for. We should feel that something positive is happening, because that's going to help us. So thank you very much. Reverend Plotkin, please leave us with Divrei Chizik, with a story, something that we could all take away. After two hours of powerful, vulnerable, everything. Let's go. Reverend Plotkin, I'm throwing you the pitch. Yeah, we had... Uh... A lot of people have tzoros in the world, that's for sure. Everybody has their pekalach, you know. But uh, generally, uh, you know, it's, we have to look at the world as a, a continuum, continuation from generation to generation. Different neshamas come for different periods of time. Some come for long, longer lives. Some come for shorter lives. But everyone has a particular purpose in Hashem's plan. And uh, if you could almost look at it like a ongoing play it's taking place and uh, many scenes and in every scene every generation there's another another other actors that come on on the stage and um, some have long long parts and others have like some people who die very young they have like a one-liner that's their whole thing they come they say one line of the play and they practice that line and they come down this world and they say that so 
in some plays you remember the one-liner even more than you know it's a Shakespeare thing one guy who has a one line that line could be the most important line so we don't know whose life is more important less important but what happens it's an ongoing play that's taking place that Hashem is, is unfolding till the coming of the Mashiach and eventually what happened what happens to all the actors the old actors that were there so they go they, they go we're at a place called backstage <laughs> backstage they'll come backstage they're all going back and they they're, they're all in Shamayim and they're all Kisya covid but at the end of the whole play what usually happens is all the actors come out again and they all come out to give a bow because at the end of the play you know what the story is what the end of the story is and you see how each one of those actors were important in bringing about the ultimate unfolding of the story. And they all come out to make a bow. So we'll have Hashem very shortly with the coming Mashiach and All the actors will come back and they'll all take their bow. And then we'll see that no person was, no Neshama was was dispensable. Everyone was indispensable part of the play. Every person had played uh, uh, an essential role. And at that point, we'll see how all of it, all of it came to. Right now, we don't see how everything fit in. But there will be a time very soon. We'll see how every person that lived 100 years, 70 years, or 15 years, or or just a few years, or just even 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 just a, a fetus. Everyone has a everyone has a part of a bigger plan, bigger picture. And uh, please God, that picture will be revealed very very shortly. There'll be an end to all the suffering, because everything will make sense. Everything will be clear, crystal clear. The coming of Mashiach. Amen. Amazing tonight. Next week, same time, same place, August 20th with Ramanus Friedman. And everybody have a great night. Take care. Good night.